Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber with the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. Loaded with inventory. Get the right car at the right price. Talking about the Mazda CX-5, Mazda CX-30. Small crossover SUV. All-wheel drive. Leather trim seats. Great power. And with gas prices still being high. 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. Take one for a test drive today. Head on up to Broomfield or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Okay, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in Cody Rourke, a mainstay at Broncos training camp over the last three days. Every time I see this guy, I think to myself, he's got a lot of tattoos. <laughs> How are you, my friend? <laughs> That's a good one. I love that. Thank you. Uh, I'm good, man. Today, obviously, was a little bit hotter in comparison to yesterday, but, uh, you know, kind of a, an easy day of practice, and, you know, even for the players. So not much to take away from today. So you're saying the media dialed it back to everyone? Well, we were we were standing there watching the scrimmage, and it was a little bit more of the jog through, as Nathaniel Hackett alluded to, and everyone was saying, well, "What are we going to write about today?" <laughs> it was like, "Okay, that's funny." Well, it's I'll gi- something you can find. I'll give you a lot of things to write about. You know, you're, you're a lot younger than Terry and I, and we remember the days of two a days and three a days yep. and Oklahoma drills. Now, back in the 60s and 70s, guys had to get in shape. I get that. Pads at every practice. But but by you, by the time you hit the 1980s and the 1990s, these guys were in pretty good shape, but they still had two-a-days and three-a-days. I remember covering Marty Schottenheimer with the Kansas City Chiefs and watching a couple of guys knock heads in Oklahoma drills and take the heat and throw in the humidity, and it was absolutely ghastly. With that, is Nathaniel Hackett onto something? And granted, he did say at practice that this is what they did with the Packers and Matt LaFleur, that they'd have two hard days of practice and they'd have, then they'd have a jog-through, walk-through, whatever you call it. Is this a smart way? Is this the advanced way to work with players to have them play better in December? I, I think so, and I think that's a vibe that a lot of Broncos players were excited about. You know, I was chatting a little bit with Calvin Anderson, but he said, you know, this is one thing that uh, we really like is he's given us a chance to take care of our bodies because after practice they go straight to the workout room. They get a little bit of a lift in to get the lactic acid out, and then they go back and do meetings. They have walkthroughs tonight as well. But uh, the other thing that stands out about it, he makes a good point. Two days, I mean, the first two days we saw a lot of intensity without any pads. So a lot of quick movement, a lot of burst action there. And Nathaniel Hackett said it today. He says usually in that third day, usually that's when a lot of bad things happen because it's a little. It was a little bit hotter today. Uh, the sun was a little bit brighter, and you know these guys have been putting in a lot of work. They've been going full speed for the last couple of days. Give them a little bit of a day off to get their legs underneath them because now the pads are coming on on Tuesday of next week. 
So they want to be able to build up because from this point forward, they're going to have six days of practice a week leading up to their first preseason game. So smart to preserve it, but more importantly, he even said that, you know, you want to have guys available all throughout the season. And the Broncos hope here, Nathaniel Hackett's hope is that doing this can preserve them throughout the entire year. Well, this is for both of you. Uh, the interesting point in what you've raised, Eric, Marty Schottenheimer's camp in River Falls. Yep. His offensive line coach was Alex Gibbs at one point. His offensive coordinator was a guy named Paul Hackett. I was there for both of them. So uh, Nathaniel Hackett might have been there watching what you're talking about. I believe, I believe he was riding a tricycle fi- filing, filing away the idea of this is just a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to take care of your bodies. I mean, that's the thing, too. It, it, not necessarily doing two-a-days anymore, but the NFL and the way the CBA has. I mean, a lot of teams are limited on what they can do. Now, I will say, I feel like... what. What I've noticed with Hackett is through the first three days, in comparison to Vic Fangio the last few years, it seems like they're on the field with a purpose. You know, with Vic, they seemed like there were a lot of different football drills and a lot of groupings that they were doing uh, throughout the day. They were on the practice field a little bit longer uh, versus Nathaniel Hackett. They come out, they go into their specialty period, then they go straight into Indy, then they go into special teams work, and then it's scrimmage time, and then they're done, which I think you, you can get a lot done if you really structure it in the format in which they've been doing it. So far, I like it. I know players are a big fan of it, too. We are talking with Cody Work, our Broncos insider, who has 17 more tattoos than I do. You can catch all of his work on milehighsports.com. Let, let me put it another way, uh, because George Payton has said this multiple times about Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he is an innovator. He's an idea guy. He thinks out of the box. But let me throw this in another direction. Vic Fangio had his team work hard. Nathaniel Hackett has his team working smart. Ah, I like what you did there because I think there's a method to the madness, and I think that's exactly what you're doing. You can get a lot done. and You know, what we saw on the offensive side today, it really wasn't the defense. The defense couldn't do anything today. It was more so for the offense to work on their route concepts, for a quarterback and the receivers to be on the same page when it comes to timing and landmarks. It's just great because you could get a little bit more repetitions uh, down there. So they're able to get a lot of offensive reps today. Not much you can do defensively, not much evaluation you can do for the defense today. But the guy who was the focal point of today's offense was Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was seemingly getting targeted by Russ several times uh, in this period today. And so I think they're really trying to make him a big part of the offense, help him gain that confidence back and, Hey, if that's the case and Judy emerges as one of the top guys this year for the Broncos, that's a good thing for them, and it's a good thing for Judy, too. How did the 80-some players of, this, of today's era react to seeing Derek Wolf today? Many of, many of them probably don't know who he is, but he's so obviously a warrior who gave so much to the game. Oh, yeah. No, spot on there with Derek Wolf. You know, for him, he actually went in front of the crowd today and he did his patented sack celebration, howling with them. <laughs> and, you know, for him, he's just a guy that, that's been doing it at a high level. He's a very strong guy and a guy that deserves, I think, a lot of credit for a success the Broncos defense had while he was a member of the team, specifically for Von Miller, who even credited Derek Wolf with all the opportunities. So, you know, I owe about half of my sacks to Derek Wolf. He said because he commands a double team for me. He plays in the four-eye, which he always played on the inside shade of the offensive tackle and would often at times command a little bit of a double team from the tackle and the guard, which would free Von Miller to get outside, and then the tackle would have to focus their efforts on stepping laterally to be able to limit him, and we all know what Von Miller is capable of doing. So 
Uh, you know, he, he owed a lot of that to Derek Wolf, and I think a, a great career, eight years with the Broncos, to be able to make it 10 years in the NFL is a special thing. But uh, now he mentioned that he wants to be around a little bit more. He's going to be here in the community in Denver a little bit and is down to come by and help out with the defensive line from time to time. Um, so we'll see what he does next, if he has any kind of involvement in the future. But obviously a great career. And I, I say one of my favorite moments, gentlemen, is towards the end of Super Bowl 50, it was the Panthers had the ball. Derek Wolf came out of nowhere. I think it was on third and long. and just grabbed Cam Newton, threw him to the ground, and Cam Newton was throwing a, a tantrum on the on the turf there. Derek even said that's one of his favorite moments that he remembers as well. That's when he said that he knew the Broncos had that game won. I was very blessed to have a very good relationship with Derek and with Malik Jackson. They were sent. They essentially bookended Sylvester Williams in that 3-4 defense. Malik Jackson got paid big time, big time. And I'm not suggesting he should not have. The Jaguars gave him the money. He should take it, no doubt about it. But the truth is, as an all-around player, I would have taken Derek Wolf, and here's the reason why. I love Malik as a player, and I'm not suggesting he didn't play angry and with a mean streak, but that's what you got from Derek Wolf every game. No, spot on there, too. And, you know, what's even crazy is just remembering what Derek has been through in his career. I mean, remember he even had that heart procedure uh, a little bit before, I think it was the 2013 season. He, he, He had that kind of scare, and... That right there, I think, really puts things into perspective for you when you have a moment where you're faced with, like, you know, I may not be able to play because this was just after his rookie year. Uh, glad to see that he's okay. Um, and just glad to see that, like, for him, he's in a good spot where he was able to leave the game at, at a good moment at a peak. You know, for him, he said he has no regrets in his career. He's accomplished a lot. And now he gets to spend time with his family. 32 years. I know you were saying, like, I wish I could retire. At 32 years of age, but you know what? I'm going to have a long ways to go before I get there. All 4,000 tickets were snapped up for tomorrow's session, and and uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett has talked about it. It's going to be rock and roll. What do you expect to see tomorrow? If we're going out, if we're one of the people going out to, to be among the 4,000 people there, what what should we, what should we expect to see, and what should we look for? Well, you know, I think one thing to keep an eye on, I think the intensity will ramp up a little bit here for the Broncos tomorrow. Just a continuation on the offensive line. You know, they continue to work in the rotation with the offensive guards that they've been working with, uh, various position competitions. I call it takeaways versus touchdowns, the offense versus the defense. Who's going to get the better of each other on this day? I imagine it's going to be a little bit more electric tomorrow because of the fact it's a big uh, back to football celebration, uh, back together Saturday, and it's also featuring a big NFL network conglomerate. James Palmer is going to be there. Brian Baldinger is going to be there, and Colleen Wolf is going to be there. There's going to be exclusive sit downs with Nathaniel Hackett, George Payton, and Russell Wilson tomorrow on the NFL network. So anyone who's not able to make practice, make sure they tune in there, and make sure you tune in also on the afternoon drive on your weekdays so you can get Eric Terry's thoughts on Broncos camp. I will. Um, I would love to see you tomorrow, but I'll be playing golf. But I'll, I'll you follow. Know what? I'll, I'll you fo- enjoy it. I will follow you on Twitter to get all of the updates. How's that sound? I got you guys covered, okay. <laughs> guys. I have to ask you both a question. Do you get Do you get nervous when you see somebody's trending on Twitter? <laughs> Drew Locke is trending on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, I'm kind of scared to find out what it's all about. Oh, I don't. It's nothing bad. So for Drew, um, I think there's there's something going on right now. There was a drill he was doing, at, at, you know, with the quarterback coach, 
where you throw the ball into the net, right? There's the three squares, and it's just an action. He nailed it. He went three for three. Did a really good job there. So that's what a lot of the buzz is about. But, uh, yeah, no, I think Drew's, Drew's doing good. We'll see if he can make some ground because Pete Carroll did say the other day that Geno Smith is ahead in the quarterback competition. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm just watching it right now. One, two, and here comes the third. Here, listen, I'm just going to give you my quick take on this, and then we're going to cut you loose because we have to hit a commercial. What you have out there is the same Drew Locke that was here, and Geno Smith has just replaced Teddy Bridgewater. And what you're hearing is, we know what Geno can do, but let's go with the guy with more potential. Does that sound familiar? It does, absolutely. It's the what same maybe thing. Should have done last year. It's the <laughs> same exact thing. I'm glad that narrative is out in Seattle and not here because I'm exhausted by it. But you know what? I would love nothing more than for Drew Locke to win the starting job for a couple of reasons. One, I like him personally, but number two, how exciting would it be if he was the starting quarterback against Russell Wilson, the two guys traded for each other? And then Locke will talk to the media. He has no reason to talk to the media leading up to the game if he is the backup. So I think it would make a sexy story even sexier. Cody, enjoy the uh, practice tomorrow. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right, gentlemen. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Cody. See you, man. Have a great weekend. All right, coming up after the break, had a chance to catch up with Nick Benito. Not Casa Benita, but Nick Benito. And, boy, he has some interesting things to say about the adjustment it is going from Oklahoma to the NFL. You hear about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, for your next project, whether it's a deck or a fence or something else, you need to go with Rocky Mountain Forest Products. I mean, their product is in Empower Field. It's in Coors Field. They buy directly from the mill. You know who gets the scraps? The big box stores. And they sell it retail. Go with the best. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Pinnacle Builders, my friend Ed Goldinger, he buys his lumber from Rocky Mountain Forest Products, and Pinnacle Builders does a great job. They have a two-year warranty on all of their stuff that they do. Everybody else does a one-year warranty. Well, one reason he can give a two-year warranty, well, it's pretty simple because he's buying from Rocky Mountain Forest Products. He knows the lumber is great, and it's going to be great for a very long time. Find Rocky Mountain Forest Products online at rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. 
So right now, Randy Gregory is on the pup list. He is not practicing right now. Bradley Chubb is out there. He has looked good. Malik Reed has been the guy in place of Randy Gregory, but one guy who uh, so far has looked pretty good in OTAs, in minicamps, is the rookie. Nick Benito had a chance to catch up with him after practice today. So how is the change from Oklahoma to the NFL for you? Uh, it's been going well. Um, just as far as, like, you know, playing-wise, you know, obviously the NFL is a little bit more faster. You know, concepts are a little bit more harder. And, you know, obviously, you know, when learning defense is more complicated, but um, that'll probably be the main thing. In some ways, do you feel like you're swimming in it? Next year, you're going to feel totally different. But do you feel like you're on information overload? Um, yes, uh, but I mean, I feel like that's a part of being with uh, a rookie, you know what I'm saying? But and I feel like a lot of guys are going through it you know, on the team this year as well, just because it's a new coaching staff. So, I mean, we're all trying to learn, you know, the same thing. So, you know, we're all just trying to take it day by day, trying to help each other. I'm guessing you watched a lot of NFL when you were in high school, when you were in college. When you walk into the locker room or when you did for the first time, did you look and say, that's Russell Wilson. I watch this guy a lot. Yeah, no, it is still kind of crazy. You know, I'm playing with the Super Bowl champ. You know, a guy that's going to go down is one of the best ever. Sorry. So, I mean, just, you know, going, you know, war with a guy like that, you know, even a bunch of greats right now in our locker room, you know, it's, it's really humbling for sure. Bradley and Gregory, they are the guys right now. What have you learned? Because Gregory realized hasn't been on the field. What have you learned from Bradley so far? Well, even though Randy hasn't been on the field, you know, he's still been able to help, you know, even off the field and, you know, what he's seen throughout his years of playing. But um, with Bradley, just the way that he plays, you know, he always plays fast and under control as well. So, and that's, you know, we're starting with the playbook. You know, he knows the playbook, you know, like in, in, the, back of his, in the back of his head. So, I mean, um, just watching him playing fast and, you know, being, you know, fast in everything that he does, whether it's in the run game or the, or the pass game. I've been covering this team since 2004. I've only heard this term used once on a player, and that was Von Miller. This guy has some bend to him. When people say that about you, what does that mean? I mean, it's just getting around the corner, being able to make plays, coming around the corner, um, having a good bend. Um, so, yeah. When did it hit you that I'm an NFL player? It still sometimes doesn't really hit me um, just because, you know, like, I don't know, it just still feels surreal. Like, I'm really playing in the NFL, something I've always dreamed of and stuff like that. So, um, just still crazy to me. The big question with Nick Medino is, can he do more or will he have to do more than be a nickel pass, nickel package pass rusher? Well, I'm sure they would love to see him on the field. He certainly has a lot of talent. Um, I don't know what his processor is like. What I mean by that is mm-hmm. well, how good is he from the neck up? How much does he, how much does he study film? Uh, something that Kyler Murray, by the way, on a side note, they took out of his contract, which was absolutely ridiculous. Kyler Murray knew what he was signing, and now the Cardinals are taking it out. The Cardinals look as dysfunctional as any team in the NFL for taking that out. But it sounds like Nick Benito doesn't need to be prodded that way. No, he he doesn't one bit. And remember. I think they probably. I don't think they necessarily drafted him for this year. Although we know the injury history with Chubb, we know the injury history with Gregory. So maybe he will get a lot of playing time this year. But I don't. I don't think they picked him up necessarily for this upcoming season. Yeah, they they could use him for sure. But let's see what happens with Chubb because if Chubb doesn't come back and he wants a lot of money, if he has a great year, 
just put in Benito, and he's going to be the guy on the other side of Gregory. But even now, he's still he's facing that formidable challenge of getting stronger against the run, and he needs to do that to be to be considered a serious alternative if Chubb is gone. Well, and also look at Shane Ray. Now Shane Ray had injuries. Yeah. Okay, Shane Ray wasn't very good at setting the edge. He was terrific. He was a very good pass rusher, mm-hmm. but he wasn't good at setting the edge. And that's what Benito will probably have to work on as much as anything else. If he wants to be considered a terrific all-around player. When Bradley Chubb had his one outstanding season, I said he's a better all-around player, and I believe it mm-hmm. to this day, than Von Miller. He was a better all-around player. He was a terrific athlete, too. Right. But a great all-around player who could set the edge, and he could get to the quarterback as well. I don't want to necessarily call Von Miller one-trick pony because his trick was really stinking good. (laughs) And when we talk about Bend, I remember when Von Miller came into this league. And what I mean by that is he could almost get his torso parallel with the field. He looked like a running back, like a running back who could change directions in midair. Right. So he's got a lot of athletic ability. Uh, We'll see how good he is against the run as much as anything else. But but they didn't draft him to be a one-dimensional guy, like, honestly, like Derek Thomas, a mm-hmm. guy that I covered with the Chiefs. Derek Thomas was a one-dimensional guy. His dimension was Hall of Fame oh, worthy. Yes. Was Hall of Fame worthy. It was mouth-dropping, tremendously awesome. Correct. However, I think the Broncos want more of a well-rounded player. Chubb was more of a well-rounded player than Von Miller, but Von Miller what he did well, he did as well as anybody, and maybe as well as anybody in league history. Okay, how fast can Nick Benito do that? How fast can the Broncos expect him to be that to make that transition? I don't know. Let's see. Listen, I, I don't want to see it this year. I Why want, not? Because I want to see Gregory and Chubb on the field for seventeen games. In, in every in, in every situation, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a reason why he's a backup. I mean, you paid Gregory a lot of money. Chubb's going into a contract year, and he looks really good so far. And he's a terrific all-around edge rusher and a guy setting the edge. In a perfect world, you don't want Malik Reed on the field. You don't want Cooper on the field. You don't want Browning on the field. They will get on the field. Don't get me wrong. I mean, think about this. Shaquille Barrett wasn't a starter, but he did find a way to get on the field with the Broncos. Well, we, we could go back and look at it and say they shouldn't have drafted Chubb, they should have signed Shaquille Barrett, and should have drafted Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. I understand the revisionist history (laughs) behind all that. That is a sexy narrative. Right. What I liked about Shaquille Barrett, and for the same reason I like Caden Stearns, the safety, every time he seems to be around the ball, something happens. Mm -hmm. Shaquille Barrett never put up huge sack numbers when he's here in Denver. But he always seemed to force a fumble or make a big play. Something always good happened for the Broncos' defense when Shaquille Barrett was around. He was the a ball. troublesome pest. Yes, but no one ever could have expected him to have what twenty plus sacks. Oh, no, not coming out with, of CSU. He was a really good no, college player. I'm 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 referring to when he went to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have expected him to get off to the start that he got off to, and then finish with the season that he did. I think that shocked everybody. But, again, 
He was a guy where good things happened when he was around the ball. But nobody envisioned, including the Buccaneers, and certainly John Elway, nobody envisioned, what, 20-plus sacks? Nope. Well, I'm telling you also that even coming out of college, he was not considered an elite prospect. This is, hasn't shocked people who knew, knew the narrative as much as it has been a pleasant surprise. Right. Coming up after the break, Pac-12, Big 12. Oh, boy, the war of words. If you didn't think it was hot already, it just boiled over because the new Pac-12 commissioner just fired a couple of big bullets right over the bow at the Big 12. I don't know who's going to survive, but George Klivikoff is ready to fight. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, smilehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to lowt99.com. Well, Pac-12 Media Day and new commissioner George Klivikoff said this about USC, UCLA leaving, and then all the potential conference realignment. He said, I've been spending four weeks watching grenades being lobbed in from every corner of the Big 12. I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us. Who should be more scared, the Big 12 or the Pac-12? The Pac-12, most definitely. Their survival is at stake. It's crumbling. UCLA and USC going off to the Big Ten, being romanced and taken to the talks by Fox Television was almost a dishonorable way to do, handle the business. They did not were not open with their partners in the Pac-12 about the, what they were considering. It was a sleazy, cheesy way to do it. And now the survivors of the Pac-12, it, it could survive with 10 teams. It could. But you have to trust all your partners. You have to look around and say, are they planning to go where? See if you can follow me on this. The Pac-12's strength is their weakness, and the Big 12's weakness is their strength. And this is what I mean. The Big 12 doesn't have really anybody in their conference that the SEC or the Big 10 want. And the Pac-12, their strength is Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Their strength the remaining is strengths. their strength is their weakness because the Big Ten would likely want at some point those schools. That's the problem. And then Washington Washington, and Oregon would have to leave behind their state schools, Oregon State and Washington State, and the politicians in those two states would not be very happy about it. They could care less. They want to survive. They want to survive. Here, let's, um, just for fun, I'm the commissioner of the Big Ten, okay? Hi. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Actually, you're the commissioner of the Big Ten. Okay, I'm Oregon. 
I'm I'm the president. All right. Ask me if I would like to come join the Big Ten. Would you could like to come sure. join the Big Ten? <laughs> okay, let's do that one more time. You're the Big Ten commissioner. I'm the president of Stanford. Ask me if I'd like to join the Big Ten. Would you like to sure. join the Big Ten? Absolutely. That's how fast it will go. Hey, let's try that again. Go ahead. Uh, I'll be um, I'll be uh, uh, Cal. Go ahead. Would you like sure. to join the Sun Belt oh, Conference? Absolutely. You didn't let me finish. No, you said you're the commissioner of the, the Big Sun Ten. Bell Conference, you said you're the so, commissioner okay. of the Big Ten. I lied. And here's the point: you brought up a great point. Okay, it's about trust. You can't. You don't. Can't have any anymore. Right. right. And it's funny, Klivakov. I'm. I'm sure he's right, but I don't know what circles he hangs in. Unfortunately, I think he's hanging with the wrong people when he said there are a lot of people at UCLA that are really upset that UCLA is leaving the Pac-12. Uh, well, they probably yeah, are. about five people. No, I think they're more than that. But that doesn't mean they should carry the day either. The, okay. The people who are thrilled are the ones who know that the bills need to be paid and how much money's coming in. Yes. You, you, you're leaving a storied conference. I get that. You're leaving behind rivalries. I get that. But those who care about money, money could care less about Klivikov. Those who don't have a stake in the money coming in, they're the ones who are upset. And those are the people that don't count when it comes to the vote. The funniest thing about the entire move is the map. Have you seen the map of the Big Ten? Oh, it's all over the place. Where you see, so how about that vaunted UCLA at Rutgers women's volleyball game? I don't think that's going to happen that often. That's why I think they're going to bring in teams from the Pac-12. Oregon and all them in order to have games out there. And again, as you and I talked about yesterday, the Big Ten wants to own Saturday. They're going to have the noon game, Michigan State against Wisconsin. Who's going to be the shoulder for Notre Dame? And then might be. Yeah, because you know what? They're going to sign a I'd be willing to bet. I know that the Big 12 has been mentioned, and this is their lifeline. The Big Ten is going to have an agreement as well with NBC. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake about it. But on Fox, that's where their big agreement is. That's where they're making like over a billion dollars. They're going to have the Wisconsin-Michigan game on Fox at noon. And then Ohio State is going to play Penn State at 4.30. And then after that game's over on Fox, it's going to be UCLA against Washington. They're going to own the whole day. Whole day. Yeah. They're going to own the whole day. And it's smart business. So real quick, if you were Colorado and the Big 12 came to you and said, I'm going to give you an offer right now, you have to say yes or no. Hold on. You got to say yes or no right now. You got to say it right now. I would him and hobby because you know how torn I am. I really want the big, the Pac-10 slash 12 to survive because of historical roots for a lot of reasons. But if I were in that position... I'd say yes. You got to say yes. You know why? Because you can't trust Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington. That's it. Yeah. Right. You 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 gotta. If somebody is offering you a lifeboat, you take it, knowing that Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington are willing to throw you overboard. What if they had another summit conference of the Pac-10 schools? Pac. I keep saying Pac-10 because that's the way I look at it now. Of the Pac-12 schools, and everybody got together and signed a pact that we're going to stick together. Then could you trust the others? No. Could they could they could even break a contract? The Big Twelve thought they could trust Texas and Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and the Pac twelve thought that they could trust USC and UCLA. It's it's everyone 
fends for themselves. Now, I don't think that USC would have gone if UCLA was not part of the package. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's I don't any think, question about that. They right, had I, to be a tandem. Well, th- well, for you, traveling purposes, that's nothing right. else. That's right. So the Big Ten wanted both of them in the Los Angeles television market. At some point, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington, at some point. And if it ha- the soonest it will happen is around Labor Day. But the, the deviousness involved in that UCLA and USC move was just galling. They kept it quiet. They, they, Any more galling than Texas and Oklahoma? Probably not. Right. That's my point. But they, they didn't do it honorably. They didn't say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Well, uh, well, it wouldn't have mattered if they did. They were going to do it anyway. Well, they didn't. Eat, they were getting permission from the California uh, Board of Governors, too. California edu- USC, Education. USC didn't have to get permission. No, they're they a private didn't. school. But UCLA did. That's right. And they kept it quiet when, even when it was on the table there with the board. Of well, government. of course you want to keep it quiet, just like Texas and Oklahoma did. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, the, the, the big boys are going to move. And then it's like they're going to eat and whatever's left over but, you can have. But again, the hypocrisy in that just, just galls me. The idea. Of, Wait, hypocrisy in, in college, in college sports. sports? Yes. I find that very hard yes, to believe. Where we want it. <laughs> We want to do everything honorably. Right. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then we're going to sneak behind everybody's back. Here, but here's my favorite. Klivikoff. College sports just isn't about the student athletes anymore, and that's wrong. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing. It's just a shame that this isn't about the kids anymore. Give me a break. So you're, are you scoffing when the PR guy says uh, – now you can direct your questions to the student athlete. Yeah, the student athlete. You mean you mean the guy that make that helps make you millions of dollars because you're giving him a a scholarship. I mean, if you really break that down, how much are they really making? Well, it depends on which school you're going to. True. I'm with you on that. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? We will talk about that former Broncos quarterback who is now embarking on a broadcast career. And the Rockies were run roughshod over last night. We'll get into that next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at TFry, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine. Well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, former Broncos quarterback Brock Osweiler is going to work college games this season for ESPN as he will be in the booth as a college football analyst for a 16-game package this fall. 
How do you think uh, Mr. Brock will do as a color analyst? I think he'll do well. He certainly looks the part of, of a broadcaster, and that's why John Elway kind of overrated his, didn't kind of, he did overrate his talent because he looked like a quarterback. He looks like a broadcaster. Measurable. Let's see if he can do a better job of living up to that label in this new job. I like Brock very much, and he and I built a personal relationship because he grew up in the Flathead Valley. Mm -hmm. He went to Flathead High School in Kalispell, Montana, and that's where my first job was. He was a great basketball player. He was a very good basketball player. So he and I built a relationship. Brock, I'm just going to give you one piece of advice. When you're doing your analysis, please do not say ball security is job security. Just begging you not to say that. And don't say he's some kind of football player. I'll tell you a quick story about Brock and the relationship that he and I had. So when he got traded to the Texans, mm -hmm. he got traded to the Texans. The Texans came here and he was really struggling that season. So I wanted to say hello to him because he and I built a relationship. Not like we would have dinner and drinks, but we, we'd see each other and it was hi, Eric and hi, Brock. Anyway, but we built a, a good enough relationship. So I go into the media room where Osweiler is holding his press conference. Have you ever... Okay, I'll just tell you what happened. So I'm standing on one side of the press conference room while the Houston media is absolutely drilling him with questions. And he looks like somebody just stolen his bike. He knew he wasn't playing well during the season, but certainly in that game. So I'm standing in the back in a corner by myself. And I said, hey, Brock. And I asked him a question. He looks up and he smiled like, finally, a friendly face. Finally, a lifeline. Somebody who I know who is not killing me. You have been to probably a couple of thousand press conferences in your life. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. What I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to tell you, what happened. I'm not saying you have never seen at a press conference, but I'll be curious to know if you have seen it. So I was going to walk around after the press conference was over, out the door, and then into the Texas locker room. Mm -hmm. The press conference ends. I take a step towards the door to go out and into the Texas locker room. Press conference ends. Brock gets off the podium, marches towards me, and gives me a huge bear hug. Were you embarrassed or gratified? That made me feel great because I like Brock. But my point is, have you ever seen an athlete walk off a podium at a press conference and walk over and intentionally hug a member in the media? I'm rewinding the memory. I'm thinking. And I'm going to say probably not. And if you've seen it once or twice, that's probably one or two times too many, probably. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. He goes, Eric, how are you? I said, well, how are you doing? I know it's been a rough season. How about Goodman on the play-by-play -play and Osweiler on the analyst? I'm a terrible play-by-play -play guy. Absolutely dreadful. Really? Dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm not good at. Play-by-play, -play, I did it in Indiana. And I was not good at it. How long ago was that? When I was in college. Well, don't you think you've improved since then? No. I don't. Last night, the Rockies were routed by the Los Angeles Dodgers 13-0 in arguably their worst game of the season. And to make matters worse, former Rocky Tyler Anderson threw seven shutout innings for the Dodgers. A little salt in the wound there. Uh, should Bud Black be worried at all about his job security? No, he shouldn't worry at all, period. End of story. You can make the case he should. 
I'm not saying I like Bud a lot, but Bill Schmidt is the new GM now. And you can make the case over the last couple of weeks, Bud has made some decisions in-game that have certainly been questioned. Here's something else to consider, having nothing to do with Bud Black. Remember how the season started? They took two or three from the Dodgers. And then in the next series, they took two or three from the Dodgers. Well, guess what? After last night, they're four and six against the Dodgers. But look at Tyler Anderson is 11 and one. Tyler Anderson always had talent. He was just always injured. Always, always, always injured. I'm not saying he's 11 and one and he would do that every year, but he always had talent. But he could never stay on the field with the Rockies. Dude was always hurt. And he's played, what, four other teams since playing for the Rockies? four teams in four years. He's always injured. I mean, at the end of the day, um, availability is just as important as ability. And he's never available. Always injured. But he always had talent, I'll tell you that. Former Duck Tyler Anderson, by the way, too. Fighting Duck, yeah. Uh, On May 2nd, 2006, Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright struck out Craig Biggio. And two nights ago on July 27th, he struck out Craig's son at Cavan Biggio. Wow. That means the strikeouts of the two Biggios came 5,928 days apart. Wow. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that did fun they, fact. Did they get the balls? That I don't know. That would, that would be really neat if they got those and had them out of ground. That's super cool. Yeah, I saw super that cool. and I was like, wow, yeah. that is incredible. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, Argonaut, always great specials. This one started today. Bubbles and Box Wine Sale. 15% off. Argonaut delivers all over the Denver metro area. Every delivery over 100 bucks, it is free. Stop by today on Colfax. Order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. If you work in the city but live in the suburbs, stop by, Col- stop by Colfax. There's a location there. You're going to see what I'm talking about. Great specials. They'll always help you out with whatever you need. And if you live in the city, you know what I'm talking about. That's why Westward named Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. That is going to do it for us for the week. Nolan, fantastic job today. Same with you, Alex. Terry, you were simply fantastic today. The previous four days, not so much. Today, you brought it. I'll definitely try and do better on Monday. Make the best possible night you can. Watch out for the middle ages. 